Some of you who listen to the podcast for the Stoic references, you know who you are, occasionally ask me to recommend a Stoic reading list. Seneca's On the Shortness of Life is one I return to often. Makes sense, perhaps, at my age, and I have quoted from this book by Seneca in previous episodes. But one of the most influential pieces of wisdom from this book, for me, is the following. Quote, We are often in the habit of saying that it was not in our power to choose the parents who were given to us by chance. But we can always choose whose children we would like to be. Unquote. There are the facts, and then, Seneca reminds us, there is our human, inalienable freedom to choose what we want to think, who we want to be, and how we want to show up. Today, as I promised last week, we'll talk again about how our thoughts create our reality, but specifically about the thoughts we have about our partners, our spouses, our husbands, and our wives. I will probably use a variety of terms to describe the people in our intimate relationships. Fill in the one that pertains to you, because today I'm going to paraphrase brilliant, complicated, tragic Seneca as we discuss our marriages and partnerships. We may not have control over our spouse at any given moment, but we can always choose what kind of spouse we want to be. That's the power of one, the power of you, the power of me. Thanks, Seneca. Thanks for reminding me that if it's to be, it's up to me. That's the power of one. Veg heads and veg your besties. Welcome to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week to encourage you to eat more plants and set any impossible goal, whatever it is that excites you. Episode 30. That's exciting for those of us socialized in a base 10 numerocracy. Episode 30, The Power of One, When Someone You Love Eats in a Way You Hate. So, fair warning, I am recording this podcast in a new location this week and next, and there hasn't been a good time or a good place to record it. So, it is possible you will hear someone doing heavy machinery, or opening a door, or calling, Michelle, where are you? <laughs> it could be, at any moment, completely strange, but we'll try to edit out the worst parts. There's also an air conditioner that keeps cranking on and off right over my head. I think I have it turned off for right now. So, fingers crossed, we're going to keep moving on. 
So if I wanted to scare most of you off immediately, I would start today's podcast by suggesting to you that reality is a selective act of intention and interpretation, in which case reality is always subject to revision. Does that just seem a little bit too psychedelic, too Ken Kesey, too Jack Kerouac? Okay, showing my age. But to try and keep you all listening, I am going to talk this week about what I promised in last week's episode. When someone you love eats in a way you hate. Maybe you have a thought, a thought like, my partner shouldn't be eating so much meat. They know it's bad. They know it hurts me. They know it's unhealthy and it's terrible for our planet. Does it bother you how your partner eats? What they eat? Or what they don't eat? Or does it bother your partner what you eat or don't eat? Are you in a relationship with someone who feels very differently about eating meat, fish, dairy, or eggs? Or maybe one of you is what some people call a junk food vegan and the other partner thinks you should be eating healthier. Could you hear the air quotes around healthier? Or maybe you're not in a relationship right now, but this issue is complicating your choice of potential partners. Well, this is what I'm talking about today. And so first of all, let's just understand this happens all the time and not just in what we call a mixed marriage of a vegan with carnivores or omnivores. It happens in marriages of every imaginable sort. But it comes up often in the plant-based and vegan communities, and it sometimes seems to represent something more emotionally charged with more judgment, maybe more defensiveness, maybe more subtext. So remember, last week we talked about the think-feel-act cycle. There are facts that we have thoughts about. Those thoughts are sentences in our heads or stories stories that we tell ourselves about those facts. And those stories and thoughts, they elicit the emotions we experience, feelings. And then those feelings and emotions fuel our behaviors, our actions, what we do, what we don't do. And those actions, those things we do or avoid, the things we nourish and encourage or starve, those behaviors create our results in the world. And that's something to remember. Where we are, any one of us, where we are at any given moment, well, it's, it's just a result of that think, feel, act, cycle, going back, thought, feeling, and action by thought, feeling, and action of every single human in the history of the world since the beginning of time. And if that sounds overwhelming to you, I'd like to suggest that it actually just means that you 
always, always have the power to nudge things in another direction, in the direction that you want. So remember Seneca, he said, we can always choose whose children we want to be. And can we also choose the kind of spouse we want to be? I like to think, yes. And if you're thinking, wait, Michelle, I see where this is going. You're saying that I'm the one making how my partner eats as the problem. No, it's not. It's how they eat that's the problem. Why am I the one that has to do some sorts of mental gymnastics? You may well ask. Because I want you to try on the thought that this is not only pretty good news, it's the best news. Because if you need to change how your partner eats, what he or she eats, for the rest of your marriage, to feel good about your relationship, you and your marriage will always be at the mercy of their food choices. And I hear you. Some of you are open, but a couple of you, I can hear you, you're saying, don't tell me I'm the one making this a problem, Michelle. Great. One more reason. Everything's my fault. Whose side are you on? And I get it. I get it. But if you're willing to lean in and try it, even imperfectly, even just a little bit, this is actually good news. Because there is a lot of power in you. The power of one person staying open. Because if you're open to seeing that you are choosing your problems in your relationship by choosing your thoughts, then you can actually solve the problems you think you have in your relationship. How? By choosing some different thoughts. And it's not as crazy as it might sound. You've got problems because you've got thoughts, but you've also got the solution because you get to choose those thoughts. And I'm not saying that you ever, ever, ever need to feel good about anything you don't feel good about. But when you do have a bad feeling or an angry feeling, or a hurt feeling, or a discouraged feeling, well, you could just start with a question like, how would I want to feel? How would I prefer to feel about this? And it doesn't mean you feel any differently right away, but it will remind you that what you are feeling now is optional. Just knowing that that feeling is optional, well, that can change everything. That can help lead you to the next thought. So this might seem like an obvious question. How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Sometimes I might want to feel sad. And sometimes, for a minute or two, I might want to feel furious or irritated or justified or discouraged. 
But if you're really honest, you don't want to stay there too long because there's really no progress there. There's nothing to be done there. Yes, sometimes you might want to feel angry. Sometimes you might want to feel excited or scared or, yeah, maybe happy. But just remember that you are the one, the only one who can choose it. And whenever you get tired of feeling one way, you can change that feeling by deliberately choosing a different thought. So if you want to stop eating animal products and your spouse is just not on board, so what? I don't ask so what to discount your thoughts, just to clarify them. So what? Answer that a few times. So what? So he should support me? Well, do you actually know he doesn't support you? Should he support you no matter what you do? Would there be any acceptable reason for your partner not to support you in this? Answer. What kind of reasons could your partner have at this moment to not support you in this situation? Or what would your spouse being supportive actually look like? Asking lots of questions will help show our brains how much flexibility there actually is in a situation that we may be looking at in only one way. How many different possibilities are there, even though we may really be devoted to that thought, they're not supportive. But that's just a thought. A sentence in our brain that's stuck there, and it I'm sure it seems really, really true. When I have a thought, it can seem really, really true. And like you, I can end up repeating it over and over again without really examining it. And this particular thought is one I hear about spouses and partners quite often. She or he, they're not supportive. And you may say it like many of my clients, like it's a fact, like a diagnosis, but it is a thought. It's an opinion. It's a sentence. It's a story. And you might think that you have very, very, very good reasons, very clear facts to back up that story, but it's still just a story. It's still just a thought. If you think your spouse is not supportive, I'm going to ask you to come up with all the real facts. But even if your spouse came right out and said as much, said the following words in a sentence, for example, quote, I do not support your choice to eat vegan, unquote. Okay? I do not support your choice to eat vegan. That could be true. That sentence would, in that case, be a fact. And when your spouse said, I do not support your choice to be vegan, you might well have the thought, hmm, he's not supportive. But not necessarily, right? Someone else might have another thought if her spouse said, I do not support your choice to eat vegan. What else would be possible to think? 
maybe, hmm, maybe my spouse is very worried about my health. Or my husband loves the way we eat together and cook together, and he thinks this sounds hard or not fun. Or maybe my spouse loves my cooking, and she can't imagine not having those meals ever again. Or maybe your partner thinks we won't be able to go to the restaurants and do the same things we've always done together. Maybe your husband's worried that you're going to insist he change how he eats. Maybe your husband's worried that this is going to snowball and there will be just too many changes coming. Maybe your partner's feeling defensive that you're judging how she eats or judging how she looks. Or you could think, hmm, my husband's scared I don't love him and admire him anymore. So even, even if your husband has flat out said to you, I do not support your choice to eat vegan, can you see that there are many, many possible ways of thinking about your partner than, well, than he's just unsupportive? In fact, if you get very curious, you might want to ask yourself, how would I know that my spouse was actually supportive? How is my spouse actually supportive right now? Maybe not about this choice, but how do I know they support me? This might seem like the burden is on you and that there's something unfair about this, But I like to think that this is such great news that our thoughts create our relationships and our marriages and our families and our partnerships. Your marriage, your relationship, it's simply all the thoughts you have about that relationship. And ultimately, you can choose to think whatever you want. But if you're in a relationship and your hope is for that relationship to be stronger, more pleasant, more loving, more fun, well, what if when your partner said, I don't support your choice to eat vegan, instead of thinking he's unsupportive, you thought, "Mm, I think he's scared that I'm going to insist that he eat differently now. Then how would you feel? How would you feel when you're thinking he's the one that's scared? Maybe you'd feel sympathetic. Maybe you'd feel concerned. Maybe you'd feel surprised because that had never occurred to you. Maybe. So instead of simply thinking he's unsupportive and maybe feeling annoyed or misunderstood, you felt surprised or concerned, how would that look in your day-to-day behaviors or actions with your husband? Would you distance yourself or check out, argue, slam doors, insult, ignore him, be passive-aggressive maybe? Or maybe you would give your partner a little time and space. Maybe you'd think of what they're thinking and what They're making your choice about eating vegan mean. Maybe you would reassure 
him or her that you're not rejecting him or her. Maybe you'd explain that you're not rejecting their family or their culture. Maybe you would even thank him for worrying about your health. Or maybe you would suggest that you are as committed as ever to continuing lots of fun and closeness, no matter how you yourself decide to eat. Maybe you would concentrate on your own comments and behaviors to try and notice whether you yourself are being supportive of your partner or that you are appreciating your spouse for the areas in which he or she does a great job. Whenever we find ourselves in conflict, we can, of course, choose to keep thinking that the other person is the problem. And if you really want to, that's fine with me. I get it. I only suggest that you remind yourself that that thought, the thought that the other person is the problem here, is just a thought. Your marriage, your relationship, your partnership is ultimately just a collection of all the thoughts you have about it. And I'm going to say that one again because it's important. Your marriage, your relationship is ultimately a collection of all the thoughts you have about it. And I think we all basically understand that one person all alone cannot make a great marriage or relationship without any help from the other partner. But the power of one person can be the offer of emotional leadership and safety and respect that helps the other one show up when they're having trouble with it. So maybe you're thinking that you are the reasonable one and this is so not fair of me asking you to go first and do the heavy lifting. And so that's a thought. This is not fair. I shouldn't have to go first. I shouldn't have to be the one that reaches out first. I shouldn't have to be the one thinking about his or her feelings. What about my feelings? That's fine. I get it. And of course, you do not have to do any of it. You never have to go first. But For the next couple of episodes here at Veg Your Best podcast, we'll be talking about this. When you and the people you love most do not agree about limiting or eliminating the consumption of animal products. So today, today we introduce the idea of the power of one. As Seneca reminds us, we can always choose whose child we want to be and I think we can also decide to show up as the spouse we want to be, no matter what else seems to be going on. We'll talk more about self-coaching, that is using the think-feel-act cycle to examine the way you're feeling or seeing any situation. And listen, this is important. We're going to assume that you are in a relationship with someone you want to continue being in relationship with. If you're in an unsafe place, it is imperative that you seek help, seek assistance, and seek safety. 
Coaching can be very helpful. It can be life-changing, but it's not the priority if there is violence or threat. So most of the people I speak with, most of the people who are concerned about their relationships in this issue have well-meaning, kind, loving partners that they're just having some trouble with. And the purpose of this episode and the next two in this series is to help navigate the stressors, the distance, the stuckness that can occur when partners just don't agree about something like a vegan or a vegetarian or a plant-based lifestyle. And to recap, we want to get very clear about what the problem is and why you think it's a problem or why you think your partner thinks it's a problem. In most cases, you all by yourself can bring the level of tension and disagreement way, way down just by remembering what kind of spouse you want to be. Showing curiosity and respect about why your partner does not agree and paying a little extra attention to what your partner does do to support you and your choices. If you would like the support of a vegan or a plant-based coach to help you navigate your relationship goals, it would be my privilege. The links are in the show notes, and you can even book yourself directly into my calendar for a complimentary coaching session through the links. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.